Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Pull it up on your phone, your iPad, whatever it might be. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I do want to share with you, we are, uh, we don't know how uh, the school closures, how counties will handle the school closures. We're, uh, there, we've already started the discussion about what could or may happen uh, with our district uh, family camp in June. Uh, as of right now, it looks like uh, the way that I'm hearing, they're going to make up the snow days in Frederick, or the, these days, they're going to be counted as snow days in Frederick County, and uh, they're looking at extending the school year uh, to like June 24th, potentially, uh, and so that's just, that's all I know right now. I don't know how exactly it's going to be handled. That is not an official Frederick County Public Schools position, so don't be tweeting that or anything like that. That's just my opinion. I'm sharing it with you. Uh, I hate to break your hearts, young people. I, my heart is just as broken as yours, let me tell you. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We've already started that discussion about camp. Uh, there is a meeting scheduled for the 30th of March, and there's a lot of things being canceled, and I think it's, it's good. If you, if you feel the need to, to stay home uh, out, out of caution, then do that. Uh, because I, I believe that that's your right. But what I don't want you to do is make excuses for not being at church and start a habit in your life of not being faithful to the house of God. Because once that habit becomes a behavior, it's very hard to break. And it becomes less and less important. And so that is my caution to you. I'm not going to put you in danger ever. Never. Never going to do it. If I feel like it was dangerous, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today. That's my honest opinion. Okay? And so we'll continue to operate as such. First, First Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I know a few weeks ago we started a series entitled Long Story Short, and last week we deviated from that, and I just felt like this week I needed to deviate again uh, because I want to minister to what a lot of people are feeling. And it may not even be you right now. Maybe you're here today and you've got complete confidence in God that everything is fine and going to be A-OK, and I thank God for your faith. Uh, but there are some people in our community maybe that aren't here today, that are struggling in a, with a spirit of fear right now. And today I want to speak to you on that subject, faith over fear. Faith over fear. Could you lift your hands and pray with me one more time? God, we're asking you right now to speak to our hearts. Not just our hearts, God, maybe the hearts of someone who may listen to this message in the coming days and it might bring life and encouragement to them. We, I'm asking you, have your way. Do whatever it is you desire to do in this place. We are here for you and for you alone. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, could you clap your hands to the Lord and give him a shout of praise right now? Because he is worthy. Somebody say amen. You can be seated today. I think Franklin D. Roosevelt said it best when he said, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. 
Somewhere between the years 66 and 67 AD, and the Apostle Paul is in prison again. This time he's not on... Uh, he's not being held in a rented house, essentially on house arrest. This time the Apostle Paul is in a dark, cold dungeon. The Emperor Nero is persecuting the church very heavily. And Paul knows that his death is it's imminent. It's just around the corner. In fact, he writes this second letter to Timothy. And it would be, as far as we know, the very last letter that Paul would write from his imprisonment. And he writes to Timothy and gives him a lot of good instruction. I want to read that portion of Scripture again, but I want to read a few more verses and I want to read it in the Amplified Bible. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 5, he says, I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith. The leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. A faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, Paul said to Timothy, I am fully persuaded, uh, I am fully persuaded that it dwells in you also. Verse number 6, he says, and this is why I would remind you to stir up or to rekindle the embers or fan the flames of, or keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of hands of your elders at your ordination. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Somebody say amen. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Some of the things we've been talking about on Wednesday night. Paul said God has given you those things. The last few days have been interesting to say the least. We, we, as I said in that video yesterday, we seem to be on the verge of out and out panic, the fear of the unknown. And I, I think a lot of our, a lot of officials, whether it be state government or local government, have done the best they could uh, to not cause panic by some of the control measures that they've put in place. And, and somehow I think maybe they've fallen a bit short of not creating panic. But I don't believe that that's all their fault. You see, human nature, the human instinct is self preservation and and it takes over when fear kicks in it's human instinct to self-preserve fear is a nasty thing to face I don't care if you're afraid of spiders or you're afraid of the coronavirus fear is a nasty thing to face I remember as a much younger man through my teens yeah I'll even admit to you probably in my early 20s I was terrified of spiders now, I've got kids, I've got a wife, I have to be the spider killer. So it doesn't matter how much I dislike them, I've got to deal with them, right? There are, sometimes you just got to face your fear. And I understand fear is a nasty thing. And I'll, I'll also submit to you today that fear is not a new thing. Mankind has dealt with fear since the Garden of Eden. You don't believe me? We started a few weeks ago in the garden where God said, let there be light, and there was. Genesis chapter 3, God creates man. Eve is deceived by the serpent. 
She gives the fruit to her husband. He eats. And all of a sudden their consciousness is open. They realize that they're naked. And the, the scripture said, Genesis 3 and verse number 9, it says, And the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said unto him, Where art thou? Where are you, Adam? And he said, this is Adam, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Fear is not a new thing that we have just started dealing with over the past couple days or the past few weeks or even the past hundred years. Fear made itself known when man fell and realized that they weren't in that perfect union and relationship with God. When man realized he had displeased God, fear came into the hearts of men and women. You see, fear is something that we've had to deal with for a long time. And this week, fear seems to have gripped people's hearts. And anxiety has taken hold of many. And there's uncertainty about what may be coming in the next few days. And it, it is unsettling. And I acknowledge that fear and uncertainty. Please understand me. I have not come to mock this situation today. But I have come to tell you that as the body of Christ, don't let fear overpower your faith. I am making a decision I am going to choose my faith over fear I'm going to be transparent I, I don't know what the next few days are going to hold for our community, for our state, for our nation, for our world. I'm not telling you today that last night I had a dream or God showed me a vision. And I, and I know that in three or four days this is all going to blow over and everything's going to be fine. That's not the case. I don't know that. But what I do know is that Jesus has never one time been caught off guard. I know that for a fact that he has never one time faced an unknown situation. He has never encountered a situation in which his power and authority weren't enough to conquer. That I do know. So I may not know what's coming in a few days, but I know that God is in control and I know that he is on the throne and I'm choosing to operate in faith and not fear. Let me define faith for you for a moment. Let's define biblical faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So I don't let the things that I see around me in my mind, in my, uh, my humanity, dictate my actions or my belief. In faith, I walk with Jesus. In faith, you walk with Him. Trust Him. You, you, we used to sing that old song, Leaning. Leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. I have faith. I walk in faith. You walk in faith. Hebrews 11, chapter 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to tell you today that hope, or, or, or it's something, faith is something tangible. Faith is something touchable. It's Abraham packing all of his belongings and his family and leaving Ur, the Chaldeans, because the Lord said, if you'll set out and journey, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a legacy. I'm going to make your name great. Faith is Noah building an ark long before it ever started to rain from the sky. It's Moses standing before a burning bush and leaving that place and going to stand before Pharaoh. That's faith. It's Elijah building an altar 
and pouring water on the altar over and over again, soaking the ground and soaking the wood, and then praying, God, send fire from heaven. Faith is the disciples taking loaves and fishes that Jesus had just blessed and broken and passing them out and feeding a multitude with a few pieces of bread and a couple sardines. That is faith. It's tangible. Faith is being at church today in spite of crisis. Faith is making a commitment to serve in a ministry. Faith is maybe paying your tithes and and expecting Jesus to do his part because you did your part. I want you to understand that faith is tangible. It's actionable. Faith is when your family and your friends and your coworkers and people that you love, people that you have influence with are losing their minds because of what is happening in our world right now and you manage to keep your spiritual fortitude and you manage to speak peace into their lives and you manage to pray with them and somehow in the midst of this you still have joy and you still have hope and you're pointing them to the source of all of that in your life and it is Jesus. That is faith. That's faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. The elders of our faith put their faith in action. And the church is being called to action now. So if we define faith, let's define fear for a moment. Friday, a co-worker at school asked me, Oh, everybody is freaking out, losing their minds, scared, scared of the Rona. They're freaking out. He came to me and he said, uh, you're a pastor. I said, yeah. He said, is this the end? And I thought about playing a game with him real quick. I thought about saying, yes, you need to repent right now. We're going to baptize you in the nearest body of water we can find. And if you have any, I wanted to say it so bad. But I turned to him. I I said, I said, honestly, I don't know. But this is what I do know. If I look at what's happening in our world, and I'm not just talking about the Rona. I'm talking about just... The world in general, the state of our world, the state of our country, the state of what's happening. I have, I have to believe Jesus' words in Matthew 24 are actually coming to pass. He said, and I said this last week, and Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. You remember I talked about this last week? For nation shall rise against nation, verse 7, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I can't deny the fact that all around the world I see 
these words coming to life around me. So can I say that this is the end? No, I can say what Jesus said. The end is not yet, so there's still time for us to work. But I can tell you that I believe today that these are the beginning of sorrows. And it is time for the church to rise to the occasion and start being the church and operating in faith and not fear because Jesus is coming. See, I want you to know today that if you sit here today and you are fearful, your fear is a liar. Fear will paralyze you. It wreaks havoc on your mind and your heart and your spirit. Fear grips. Watch this. Put up, put up 1 Peter 5 and 8. I didn't give it to you. I apologize. 1 Peter 5 and 8. I want to explain to you. I want to explain this to you today, not just in a spiritual sense, but the way your mind works. I'm going to give her a moment to get that together. When fear grips you, there are only two responses. Fight or flight. See, while people think that hoarding food and water and toilet paper right now might be silly, I might feel that way. But the reality is fear has caused people to react and rely upon self-preservation. Their brain says, I've got to cover my basis. I've got to make sure that I am prepared. Fear, here we go, this is where this verse is going to tie in. Fear causes the cognitive and decision-making parts of your brain not to function properly. That's why people freak out when fear sets in. Watch this. Be sober, be vigilant. Here's a warning to you as a believer. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary who, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to the zoo? Have you ever been to the lion cage? Were you afraid? Chances are probably not. Might maybe a few of you. Chances are you weren't afraid because your mind knows that there are safety measures to keep you safe from the lions that are in the lion's den or the lion's cage. It makes sense. There's nothing to fear, if you, especially if you're an adult, maybe kids. But as an adult, you know that you are protected. But go on a safari and get 15, 20 yards from your little safari van and hear the roar of a lion coming across the plain, and fear. You're going to need all the toilet paper you can buy. Because fear is going to take over. And I can assure you, there is no such thing as fight when it comes to the king of the jungle. It's only flight. You see, your, your adversary would like for nothing more than for, you to, than for you to have stayed home today and be fearful in your spirit because you don't know what's coming. The adversary would like nothing more than for you to leave this place tonight and not be able to sleep and be so concerned about what's happening in our world and what's happening to your family. That's what your adversary wants you to do. And when fear sets in, you don't make good decisions. People freak out. You see, the devil is cunning, crafty. He's a deceiver of men. He'll exploit anything and everything to try and distract you from God's purpose in your life, from God's plan for your life. I'm not saying you shouldn't be prepared. Watch. 
This is. People are prepared. I came to church prepared today. Just in case something happens. I got my water. Got my toilet paper. We're going to do a fundraiser later. For the toilet paper, we're going to start bids at $10,000 for a roll of toilet paper. I'm joking. People have put their faith in this unholy trinity right here. They have put their faith in what man can do. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be prepared. I'm telling you, you should be prepared. But I am telling you that you would be better off to put your faith in a sustaining Savior than anything and anything and anyone else. You ought to put your faith in Jesus and know that if He can handle it all, then I'm going to be okay whether I have this or not. I'm choosing faith over fear. Here's why. All those people sitting at home today waiting for the Rona to take over. Now you might say they don't have any faith. Say they got no faith at all. They have nothing. No, they do have faith. They're just putting it in the wrong thing. They're putting it in man. They're putting it in things that they can tangibly touch. I am thankful today that I don't need to physically touch my God to know that he is there. I am thankful that I don't need him to show up and pat me on the back. I've seen his hand work in my life time and time again. And I know he's there. And I know he's faithful. And I know if he got me here, he'll get me through this and that and this and that. Be prepared, but put your faith in Him. Do they have faith? Yes, they've got faith. They put their faith in toilet paper. They put their faith in water. They put their faith in cans, canned goods. I, I got yesterday, we, we needed a couple of things at our house, and, and, and we, we go through a lot of water. We go through like eight gallons of water a week, and that might seem like a lot in your house, but that's normal in our house. And we needed water. And because people have lost their minds, couldn't find any water. So I decided I'm going to get to Walmart, I mean Sam's Club, which we can get in at 7. I'm going to get there at 615 because I know there's going to be a line. I'm going to get there early. So I showed up, first person there. By the time they opened those doors at 7, I had let two elderly people go in front of me. Because I, I, I honestly, I wanted them to get whatever they needed. Number two, I wanted to make sure they didn't get run over. Because by the time the doors open, there's 120 people in line. And I saw people running back to the food section where like all the fresh chicken and the fresh meats are. And I mean taking packages, filling their carts with 6, 8, 10, 12 packages of chicken. And I was thinking, how many people do you live with? What are you, what are you doing? Do you think they're going to stop making chickens? Do you think they're just going to quit? I mean, I I really, I don't know what people are thinking about. But I'm telling you today, hear me today. This is not going to save you. It might sustain your body, but this... And this and this is not going to save you. 
The only thing that's going to save you when the day of Jesus comes is relationship with Him that you are buried in His name and covered in His blood and filled with His Spirit. That's the only thing that is going to save you. And the beautiful part is it can save you from anything and everything at all. From the Rona all the way to sin. He's got it covered. You are your only savior, saving grace for you is Jesus. It's the only thing. And He's the only one that can save you. We used to sing these old songs. I was, I was listening to them this morning, the Magruders. I'm going home with Jesus. In the twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. 25 years ago, if our praise team would get up here and they would have broke out into, How fly away, oh glory, how fly away. People would have shouted in the aisles, rolling down the aisles, going crazy when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. People run the aisles, shout, give God praise. I wonder if we've forgotten today that heaven is our destination. I know the world might be in chaos. People might be freaking out. But I'm telling you today that heaven is still my destination. And I can assure you that when I go, I'm not taking this with me or this with me or this with me. How are you? Or anyone else or a virus going to threaten me with heaven? How are you going to threaten me with heaven? No, just to be honest with you, I like my life. I don't plan to go anywhere anytime soon, Rona or not. I don't plan to go nowhere. I love my life. But I've been waiting for heaven all my life. And if you think I'm going to fear the very thing that I have been waiting for my entire walk with God, there's something wrong with you or you don't have the assurance that I have because I've been waiting for that moment. And whether it's the Rona or the rapture, I'm going to see Jesus and that was my original destination to begin with. I'll fly away. Oh, glory, I'll fly away. I've got no fear. Because faith says heaven is coming. My reward is coming. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat. It's a dented can now. You can get it for cheaper. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink and toilet paper. But it's righteousness, godliness, and peace. Something we desperately need right now in our world. And joy. What? In the Holy Ghost. 
You know why people are struggling for peace right now and joy? Because they don't have the Spirit of God. And when those around you are losing their minds and they're looking at you saying, how, how do you have so much joy? Why aren't you concerned about this? My friend, listen to me. Point them to Jesus. Because if this situation ought to do anything, it ought to point everybody to Jesus. 1 John chapter 4, I'm, I'm almost done. It says, there is no fear in love. But, every, but perfect love Casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. People are so tormented right now. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I had one coworker, he was so scared the other day, he didn't want kids at school to touch him. So we have these little things called blazer bucks, and I was paying kids blazer bucks to go up and touch him. He said, why are all these kids touching me? Get away. And I told him later, I said, I was paying them blazer bucks to go up and touch you on the arm. That's actually what it means when it said, fear hath torment. <laughs> fear hath torment. You see, that's what happened. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. The fear and anxiety that you might be having right now is an indication that you need more Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Stand with me this morning. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. What is perfect love? What is this perfect love that casts out fear? The only perfect love is the unmerited favor of God's grace combined with the unending compassion of His mercy. That's the only perfect love. So it casts out fear. It casts out that feeling of the unknown and the anxiety and the fear. I know, I know I've, I've been a little bit silly when it comes to this today. But it's indicative of the anxiety that people are really feeling right now. Because they're scared. They might have to be locked in their homes. They're scared. They might be quarantined. They're scared. They might run out of things. And they're losing their mind. And again, I'm not downplaying it. I'm not telling you to not be prepared. I think you should be prepared. But don't put your faith in this. Put your faith in Him. Put your faith in Him. Cast it all at His feet. He's got perfect love that casts out fear. So watch. Let's go full circle. First Timothy two and one, or Second Timothy chapter one verse six. Wherefore, Paul said, Timothy, I put thee in remembrance. I want to remind you that when the church is persecuted, and when your mentor and elder is about to be killed, Timothy, put you in remembrance. 
When fear grips your heart, when anxiety comes, when there's questions and uncertainty, I put thee in remembrance. Stir up the gift that is in you. Stir up the gift that is in you. Stir up the gift that is in you. When fear comes in, stir up the gift. When the enemy comes in like a flood, stir up the gift and raise up a standard against him. But, but I want you to know, Timothy, when anxiety comes in, stir up the gift. When uncertainty sweeps in, stir up the gift that was put in you by the laying on of hands. You've got a ministry, Timothy. God's hand is on your life. Hear me today. God's hand is on your life. There's a purpose for this season. There's a purpose for us in this season. Stir up the gift. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if it didn't come from God, where did it come from? It's either your humanity or it's an attack of the enemy. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to hear me today. My last point. It's time for the church to go viral. I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. It's time for us to go viral and start having an impact on everyone and everything around us. Because this world needs a church that is on fire for God, that is hungry for His Word, that is hungry for His Spirit, that can point people to the hope that they need right now, that can point people to the peace that they're searching for. I wish you'd lift, I want you to lift your hands all over this place right now. God, we've prayed already today against the spirit of fear. We've prayed already, already against the spirits of this world that are encroaching. We've asked for healing. We've asked for hope. We've asked, we've asked for your spirit to arise among us today. And we're coming to you right now one more time asking for you to help us to point people to the only hope in this world. To point people to the only salvation that really exists. And that we, we would put our faith in the right thing. In the right one. In the only one that can save us the only one that has sustained us oh God that place in your life hear me today where you're dealing with fear and anxiety and uncertainty is probably the place where you need to release it to Jesus and let him fill you with his spirit today if you're here today and you're dealing with fear you're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with the uncertainty of what's happening in our world right now or just other situations. Or you just know, I need a little bit more Jesus. I'm going to ask you to make this whole, I, I know we're all concerned right now about this social distancing and you got to be six feet from people. And I'm just, I'm not, we're not coming around to lay hands on your head or whatever. If you want to come to the front, you're welcome to. If you want to stay where you are, that's fine today. I know there's, there's, there's caution, there's concern. I'm down with it. But I wish you would lift your hands right now. And let the perfect love of the only Savior and the only hope that this world has would cast fear out of your heart today. In the name of Jesus, I come against that spirit of fear on your people.
I come against that spirit of anxiety over people in their homes today. God, and I'm asking you right now, God, to not only give us the hope and the peace that we're searching for, but when others around us are in need, to point them to the only Savior that there is. Point them to the only Savior that they're ever going to find. It's not in anything made by man. It's not in anything made with man's hands. It's not in Charmin. It's not in canned goods. It's not in water. The only hope we really have is in you. The only hope we really have is in you today, Jesus. The only hope we really have. Come on, I want you to pray with me right now. Pray today that God, as you fill out those that prayer list for your Easter invites, I want you to pray that God would point you to those who are most in need. I want to pray, I want you to pray, God, put those who are most desiring of your hope and your peace right now, put their name on my mind so that I can put it on my prayer list, so that I can put them on my invite list, God, because I'm believing that they're going to show up and find the hope and find the peace that they need. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray with me right now. Come on, I know we prayed earlier, but let's just touch God right now. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands and lift your voices all over this place. God, let your perfect love, your unmerited favor, your overwhelming, unending compassion and mercy, God, cast the fear out of our hearts and out of our lives. God, we don't want to be a part of the problem. We want to be a part of the solution. We want to be a part of the solution in this world today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Where there is no hope, God, be their hope. Where there is anxiety and fear, God, we cast it out in your mighty name. And we speak a spirit of peace over every heart, every life in our community, everyone that we can, God, minister to. Open up the door. Give us boldness in the spirit in the name of Jesus. Give us boldness in the spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, stir up the gift in your heart right now. Stir up the gift in your life. Stir up the gift. When fear comes in, stir up the gift. When anxiety encroaches, stir up the gift. When there's uncertainty, stir up the gift. When there's persecution, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Jesus. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Allen from The Lighthouse. Thank you for streaming our service. We hope it was a great blessing to you. If you'd like to find out more about our church or connect with us, you can find us at fredericlighthouse.org or on Instagram and Facebook at Frederick Lighthouse. Thank you so much. God bless you. 